Dale Morris joins us on the line. Uh, we're down at uh, Kidinia Park. I'm not sure where Dale is, but he may well have been uh, at uh, training or actually, from what I'm told, he's uh, we've just dragged him away from homework duties with the kids. Welcome to you, Dale. <laughs> No, thanks for having me, and uh, that's a nice little intro there. But, uh, yeah, you definitely have got me out of uh, homework duties, so we can talk for as long as you guys want. <laughs> can I ask you a question, Dale, on? We were just talking about, in, in full-time modern footy's last generation, that because because of the coaching in individual and as a team, it makes it harder for individual forwards to stand out. I know you're playing as a defender and you're got, you're got the role is to stop them, but it's almost like defence has improved more than offence uh, over yep. this last generation. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct there. It's uh, the education that goes into players these days. They're taught all the tricks of the trade from all the great players before them. The way teams defend now has just improved over the last four, five, six years. Uh, heaps so it's being uh, defense has been the in thing um, and now the the offense obviously the scoring and those 100 goal uh, kickers for a season it's going to be harder and harder to do and with the 666 rule you're right it is only the center bounces and then during general play if a forward line's getting out of control teams will just fold the player back and that, have that plus one in defense Will it will it just made it a little harder for team defence just because you've got the reset, you know, twenty five or thirty times a game? Yeah, it will. It will. There's a lot more reliance on the defenders now to win those uh, critical one on one contests. And if you've got a dominant midfield, and especially the ruckman now, which is going to uh, prove very vital in games and, and crucial in wins, um, there's going to be a lot more genuine one on one options and one on one contests because that. Teams can't plant one behind the ball at the centre bounce and it's going to be the, the pure form of footy when you're going to see those big wrestles and big contests. It's interesting that they can't plant one behind the ball, but they, in the previous era when this was happening, coaches had the option to equalise, like Dennis Pagan did against the Sydney Swans in that final when Rodney E kept uh, putting one back. He put another one back. If it was six on six, that's fine. If he put a seventh down, he'd make it seven on seven, which opened up uh, the game at the other end of the ground, made his defence or his attack pretty crowded. But he was always one who wanted the equalised numbers. Yeah, exactly. And you can see why. And it does open up your forward line if, if, uh, if they keep uh, sending numbers back. Um, the other forward line is going to be nice and open, so technically should be easy to score for them. But uh, the different philosophies of different coaches. There's some coaches that really like to, to even out and uh, have even numbers on both sides of the ball, whatever those numbers will be. And there's other coaches that actually like the plus one because then they can start their attack from defence. So uh, depending on the coach and their philosophies is how the game's going to get played. Early days, I know, Dale, but when you look, ar- look around this couple of games you've played this year and you've only got equal numbers and you think, geez, how much do I have to stay with my opponent rather than you know, zone off into more usable space? That, it's, that must be a slightly different psychology. It is. It's a different sort of mindset now because you, you need to be prepared for those one-on-one contests and those high half-backs who last year and previous years used to be able to influence and impact the stoppage now can't. So they're in an awkward position where are they going to run in or are they going to hold back? Um, because that extra few metres staying inside the, the 50s there um, changes everything. So uh, there is a different sort of mindset. There's, Like I said, there's going to be more one-on-one contests, which I think is great for footy. I don't mind the one-on-one contest. Question to you both. Um, Lee, I'd like your thoughts as well. But Dale, if you were 
given the way the game is at at the present time and given the history of the last few uh, premiers, we've had uh, the West Coast with Darling and Kennedy win it. We've had uh, the Tigers with one key forward and a lot of uh, ground ball players around it. And, and essentially, you blokes won it with uh, a similar setup, a you know, sort of medium uh, mid-range forwards and a lot of ground ball. If you had at the draft two equally talented players, you had a Sam Walsh and a Max King, for instance, this year. Both could easily have gone number one. Who would you go for? Would you go for a midfielder or would you go for the key tall? Yeah, I think with the way the game is now, with the rules the way they are, with the 6-6-6, you'd go for the tall because you need that guy that can take a mark or bring it to ground uh, at either end of the ground, whether it's forward or a defender. That The height now is, is cri- critical with... Uh, with uh, the way the game's going. And teams with two big forwards might be at, a, at an advantage. Lee, where do yeah. you uh, sit on that? Yeah, well, I mean, it depends how good they become, of course. I mean, the, the, uh, a lot of the 18-year-old tours who dominate, you know, the juniors don't sort of seem to be able to do it when they get into the senior level, even even as they mature. But if uh, if if you're good enough, let's face it, you all want a J- Jack Rewalt still. You want a jo- uh, Josh Kennedy. Uh, you want a, you want uh, the Buddy Frank, different type of player, I know. But they've got to be... The tall player has to be really good, in my opinion, because if they can't take... Three or four. It's a bit like a break-even point. Like a medium-sized player who's got a different break-even point. Like a big forward, Tom Hawk. Let's Tom Hawks. Let's use him as an example. I always think he can't do much at ground level chasing tackling. So yep. his break-even is three or four goals. So in other words, unless you take your three or four marks and kick your three or four goals, and it's bloody hard to do it, Dale, with modern defences. <laughs> Oh, definitely, definitely. And the 666 rule really does change things up a bit. But the other rule that, that's come in that really keeps things interesting and I think is going to have a bigger impact on the game is the fact that runners can't get out there either to help the, the game flow and uh, set up structures and tactics mid-game. Um, it's, we found it very, very hard on the weekend to get a message out from the runner when a goal's kicked because there isn't much time at all. So that's going to change the game as well. Tell you what it's going to do. It's going to stress the coaches because, as we know, all senior coaches are control freaks and they've lost a bit of control because they haven't got the control of the the run until after the goal. So there's going to be a lot of mental stress on those coaches, I reckon, Dale. No, 100%. Because they're the messenger. They're the messenger from the coach to the players. And we're playing on such a big field that those screens that they were using to hold up, you can't really get a message across. Uh, quickly enough with that the runner was able to be quick concise get in get out and you're able to uh, respond and react so you're right there's going to be some uh, stressed uh, coaches up in the box and you might see some uh, some of them going off pretty hard so Dale does it put more onus now on the players when it comes to decision making and even pre-planning as to when players are going to come off because for fans we go oh the runners are all in the way and as a commentator you go I'll get the runners off the ground so we've got that but for a player does it make your job a lot harder it does it does it, it to come off to flip into an, another mode use different tactics structures everything there's a lot more education that needs to go into all of the players um, and a lot of the time you just want the players out there to play footy and just play on instincts and go but now they've got to be thinking about the time of the game what's happening, what the opposition are doing, what they're throwing at them, because the runner just can't get out there. And then uh, the players that come off onto the bench are acting almost like a runner because they'll come out and they'll have a few calls and a few commands that have come from the bench that you need to listen to them. So there's a lot more going on for players now because of we've lost the, the runners.
You're one of 11 AFL and AFLW players volunteering your time to the Bulldogs Community Foundation's goal program over the next couple of months. Give us a, an insight into what you're trying to achieve there. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, myself and a few other players have uh, put a hand up. Well, actually, nearly all the players put their hand up, but not all of them could do it in their goal mentoring program. Um, it's aimed at mentoring African-Australian youth, um, and we're taking the mentoring approach to support each of the participants um, in their personal development and goal setting. So we'll spend a lot of time with them and also other mentors from the community come in and uh, spend a lot of time with the, with the youth and, and help them, uh, you know, set up uh, you know, their own development goals and uh, all their goal setting for, for later on. And we're there to support them and educate them and help them. And at the same time, we're going to learn some things along the way too. So uh, we're a couple of sessions in and it's been really rewarding so far. So it's a great, uh, great program to be a part of. Dale, appreciate your time this evening on Sports Day. The Western Bulldogs taking on St Kilda in JLT2 on Sunday at Ballarat's Mars Stadium. Of course, Bulldogs fans, after a couple of years out of the finals, uh, this year could be the year. Head to membership.westernbulldogs.com.au to sign up for 2019. Appreciate your time, Dale. No worries. Thank you. I better get back to the kids' homework now. <laughs> get back to the homework. Thanks for the delay. <laughs> Cheers. Dale Morris, uh, what a great player, a champion for the Western Bulldogs. Uh, he's been superb and great to see him going on. He's, geez, he's been around a long time. I don't know what age he is, but he'd be, have to be 34-ish. 36, he's 36. 30, 36, 37 in December. He, he started as a 22-year-old, remember, so he started yep. that little bit later, but he's uh, doing another Dustin Fletcher at the moment, isn't he? It's uh, when playing uh, into the late 30s. He's a fine fellow, and, and yep. his type of defender that can play a bit tall or can play on a smaller guy, I mean, he's obviously getting late in his career, but those kind of defenders are worth their weight in gold because they can sort of play on so many opposition forwards.